Yeah, that soccer show is proud to be a part of the Soccer and Sweet Tea Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Go check out all the great coverage of soccer in the Carolinas at soccer, the letter N, sweettea.com. Here at Yeah, That Soccer Show, we're always excited to tell you about our sponsors so that you can support them because they support us and we're able to bring you the shows thanks to all of their generosity. And that includes Brad Butchkowski of the Wonder Check Realty Group. You can find him on social media at Brad Butchkowski, B-U-C-Z-K-O-W-S-K-I, or I am Brad B on Twitter. Or you can check out his website, brad.selling-greenville.com. That's Brad Butchkowski with the Wonder Check Realty Group. This is Yeah, That Soccer Show. Your one-stop shop for all your soccer coverage in Greenville and the upstate. We want this show to be driven by you. So make sure you send us an email at yeahthatsoccershow at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter at YTSS Podcast. Now, let's get to the show. Welcome in, everybody, to episode number 31 of Yeah, That Soccer Show. And man, do we have a special episode for you today. Today, we're talking all about the Greenville Triumph. And we've got a special guest interview with head coach John Harks at the end of the show today. But before we get into that, I wanted to take a chance because we haven't been able to set aside a podcast to chat about the Greenville Triumph since they announced the name several weeks back. Greenville Triumph SC, what do you think? I know it was a little bit of a mixed reaction from some folks. Maybe, uh, you know, the problem is, here's the deal. The issue with naming teams in America in soccer in this day and age is that you're going to frustrate people really either way you go. There are some people that really want a European-style name. They want an Atlanta United, a Real Salt Lake, a New York City FC. They want something in that, in that English style that a lot of folks are familiar with. And then there are folks that just hate that and, and say, you know, that's really not – making it our own it's not taking it and and making it american and that's why a lot of people even like some of the some of the more american names that that you see even around the uh, major league soccer like the houston dynamo the la galaxy the seattle sounders the portland timbers there's teams that like some of those names and so it's hard in that situation to come up with something unique i think uh I think the Triumph were trying maybe to go more on that American side, and I think you see that in the fact that they're a soccer club and not a football club. There's nothing wrong with with going either route. It seems like they did their research. They 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 used focus groups. They had fan opinion. The reality of it is you're not going to make everybody happy, but I think when you set aside and say, hey, we're going to go the American route and try to come up with a – not necessarily a mascot name, but, but a, a name for a team – uh, you're looking at what can you do to to tie it to Greenville. And I think you're really set on going one of two directions. You're either looking at the history of it being a mill town, a textile town, uh, or you're looking at the fact that Greenville is a, is a leading industry driver 
and that's and that's where you get you know look at our other two professional sports teams in towns. You got the the Swamp Rabbits who took a really fantastic name that points back to the history of Greenville with the Swamp Rabbit Rail Line, obviously, and that also makes for a nice fuzzy little mascot as well. But then you have the Greenville Drive, who are probably the quintessential professional sports team in Greenville at the moment. And they they looked at that industry side of Greenville. They looked at that progress side of Greenville. And the Greenville Drive, I think when it, you know, when that name was first announced, people didn't love it. Um and likewise the the hockey team was the Road Warriors before they did the rebrand, again focusing on on Greenville's automotive industry and progress. And that name wasn't super popular either. And while the hockey team changed and I think went in a better direction, the drive have really carved out a a presence. They took that name that maybe people didn't love at first, and they've really kind of made it their own. And, and I think Greenville has finally gotten to the point where they've adopted the drive as a as a great franchise and a great name and a team that, that Greenville can be proud of. So when the Triumph are sitting aside trying to figure out what's this name we're going to do, are we going to look backwards, are we going to look forwards, you know, the reality of it is the Greenville FC has the Milltown operatives as a supporters group, and I think that that name has really uh, encapsulated a lot of Greenville's history. And so it's hard to to be another team, and you don't want to come in and, and co-opt that necessarily. And I, you know, and I can appreciate the fact that they didn't do that. As much as I really wanted Textletown SC as as the team name, and even submitted that as a as a vote, I kind of knew deep down that wasn't going to happen just because of just because of the Milltown operatives and the presence that they have created this season with Greenville FC. So when you're looking at something in terms of progress, I think Triumph is a great name. Uh, you know it. At first, when I first heard it, I was like, eh, I'm not sure. But the more I looked at it and the more I thought about it, the more I said, you know, let me wait and see what the crest looks like. Let me see what the colors look like. And, man, I I think I had already kind of warmed up to the Triumph as a name. But when I saw the crest and the colors, I, I really fell in love with it. I think it's a great – they did a great job of encapsulating uh, what Greenville is and really trying to make this not just a Greenville team – but really a team for the upstate with the mountains, the river. I love the colors. You know, I, I'm a big fan of bold, bright colors. And, and that crest, uh, the, both the gradient style and the static style, to me, just look phenomenal. Um, their merchandise looks great. It, it, everything, everything has looked very, very professional. And I've really appreciated the effort that they put into coming up with this brand and really doing it for for the fans and so greenville triumph sc that's the team name and love it or hate it that's what we got and and i i love it and here's the thing you can you can not love it you can be frustrated by it you can think man i wish they would have gone with something different or something you know subjectively better but at the same time uh this is the this is the team we have and now that it's here like i as a fan i want to embrace it and 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 share it and, and become invested in the triumph as the brand uh, just because I want it to be successful. Even if it wouldn't have been my first choice, uh, I think it's a great choice. I think it's a great name and a great brand to get behind as fans. So, I, you know, hey, let me know what you think. I would love to hear some feedback on on the Greenville Triumph, and I know the, the guys over at the team would probably love to hear that as well. Uh, so just this week on Monday – the team had their second big event in the last several weeks. The first, obviously, to announce the brand, to announce the name. 
And then on Monday, I was able to be there for the press conference announcing the team's first ever head coach and sporting director, John Harks. And man, was this an amazing, amazing hire from the guys over at the Greenville Triumph. I mean, John Harks is, he's a legend in soccer in America. He is really probably the reason, or at least part of the reason that most of you are fans of soccer. He is the first American to play in the Premier League, you know, really bringing some notoriety and some connection to that league from the state side. Uh, He's the first, he's one of the first players as Major League Soccer is getting up off the ground. He comes back from England to play in Major League Soccer to help the league get established. And obviously that has grown from there. He's he's won some some major trophies in his club level play. And then he's he's probably most renowned for being a world class midfielder for the US men's national team in the nineties. Um just just recognizable face, Hall of Famer, phenomenal player. And then from there, his career, his playing career was over, but he's had chances to coach. He coached under Bruce Arena with the Red Bulls. He was the first ever coach for FC Cincinnati. And I don't know if you know much about FC Cincinnati, but he led them to third place in their first season. And you see where that has taken them over over the next several seasons. They're now about to make a jump to Major League Soccer. He has grown that team from, at the time, Division Three status to being a Major League Soccer team. And I think that just speaks to the capability that he has to lead a team even from the ground level. Obviously, if you're not aware, he's got three kids. His youngest, Lily, is a freshman at Winthrop. His oldest daughter, his middle child, Lauren, is a redshirt junior at Clemson, and his son, Ian, is plays for DC United, was the Herman Trophy winner, award winner, which is basically the Heisman Trophy for college soccer at Wake Forest. So he has soccer genes uh, throughout his family. He obviously has plenty of history and legacy coaching his kids as they've been growing up. He has the the head coaching experience from FC Cincinnati in the USL level. And I think this is an amazing hire. If for nothing else, you could list his accolades all day, but the thing that John Harks brings to the triumph is immediate eyeballs. Everyone in the soccer world in America knows who John Harks is. This is a big statement hire from the franchise to say, we are not playing around. We're not here to just grow and ease our way into this league. They're really taking, I hate to say this. Well, no, I don't hate to say this. I'm, I'm a little hesitant to say this, but this team is taking the Atlanta United approach of we're not, we're not trying to ease into this thing. We want to win day one in this league. And the great thing is, unlike Atlanta, I mean, Atlanta comes into an already established league with already established teams, but they do kind of a similar deal. They make this this hire of this you know well-known coach in Tata Martino, and in their first year, they're very successful, but they're coming into an established league with established teams. The great thing about Greenville Triumph is this is a brand new league, and yes, some of the teams have been around, but none of these teams are necessarily Division Three level with the exception right now of, obviously, Toronto FC2, which is going to be dropping down. But Toronto FC2 has been, for their whole run, basically a developmental team. They're not they're in the USL, but they're really not a D2-level team. So I think that 
they're coming down as a D3 team. And, you know, Greenville has as good of a chance as anybody. Why not us? Why can't we go out and win it in the first year? And and like I said, I just I think the Triumph have done a good job of approaching putting this team and this organization together in a way they've they've learned lessons from going and visiting Atlanta and they're they're doing it the right way. And tell you what, having John Harks' name on your organization is a great draw of notoriety, recognition. I mean, just the thought of being able to if you have kids in the area who who want to play soccer sending them to the John Harks Greenville Triumph soccer camp. I mean, that's an amazing, that's an amazing thing to be able to have in our city. And like I said, I, I just couldn't be more excited about this hire. And then having a chance to get to sa- get down, get to sit down and chat with John and get to know him a little bit. I mean, I think, I think he is going to be the right guy to get this team off the ground. And so I'm excited for you to hear my interview with John Hartz, but before we do that, let's take a short break and get a word from a couple of our sponsors. Today's episode is brought to you in part by the Spice and Tea Exchange of Greenville. In the heart of downtown, in fact, right at the corner of East North and North Main Street, lies a little shop where eaters can come together. The Spice and Tea Exchange has spices, sugars, salts, teas, and in-house made spice blends that you can purchase starting at a half ounce and working their way up. They've even provided spices and the like to restaurants and food trucks. So you can get these in mass quantities if you need to. You can even have a proprietary blend of salt or spice made, labeled, and bottled for your special event, whether it's a wedding, a graduation party, whatever you've got going on just for you. They want to help make that an awesome favor for your event. So you can visit them, like I said, on the corner of East North and North Main downtown, or you can visit their website at spiceandtea.com slash Greenville. Here at Yeah That Soccer Show, we're excited to continue our partnership with Uptown Poor, part of the Uptown Company, along with their sister organization, Uptown Catering. Hey, if you are looking for food or beverage catering for your next event or party, make sure you go check them out. You can go to Uptown Poor Co., Dot com, or if you want to see and visualize what you're going to get for your money, go over to Instagram and follow them at The Uptown Company. You can see all of the great things they have on offer. Thanks again to Uptown Poor for sponsoring, yeah, that soccer show. So I had the honor and privilege to sit down and chat with John Harks while he is in town um, just to ask him a few questions about, one, just his his life as a player, as a coach, what he sees as his philosophy, why he took this job, why he wants to be in Greenville, and a couple of little fun get-to-know-you questions with John, and maybe even a little tease there about a recently retired U.S. Men's National Team player. Hey, could he be coming to help coach the Triumph? I don't know. You got to check this interview out with John Harks. Excited to welcome into the podcast today, Greenville Triumphs, brand newly announced uh, head coach and sporting director, U.S. men's national team legend, soccer Hall of Famer, John Hartz. John, thanks for joining the show today. Chris, uh, great to be with you. Um, And not only am I impressed by your uh, apparatus that we have in front of us here, this could be one of the best microphone podcasts I've ever seen. So I'm very happy to be here. John, um, so I know you're new to town, so you don't, you're not terribly familiar with everything we're doing here on the show but we 
our heart is really just to, to help grow the game in Greenville. We, we love soccer. We love the city. We're excited that the Greenville Triumph is here now. Um, but there are also a lot of folks that listen that don't have a long history with the sport and maybe don't right. know all the intricacies. Um, so the first thing I want to ask you, and I, I, I did this when I talked to Doug the first time, uh, this, this idea of head coach, I think we can kind of understand what that role is. But talk to me a little bit about what is a sporting director? What does that mean? What does that role look like for you? Well, I think it encompasses uh, more of a holistic approach in, in how we're doing things uh, from a soccer uh, standpoint, not just from the technical aspect and really narrowing down that. It's more, more of a broader picture of where are we now? How do we get there in three months? Where are we in six months? How are we doing in the next two, three years? So as we build out what we stand for, our identity within the community, it's more about uh, a short-term and a long-term kind of view. So that sporting director is, can we get the right people, number one, to be part of that and build that right? And that takes character. Um, it takes guys that are uh, unselfish um, and, and putting together a good, talented team that the, the community can be proud of. And so from a sporting director, discussions with Chris Lewis, our president, um, on a day-to-day and just what what is our culture you know what's our identity and uh, you know obviously having that moving forward it's important you know from a branding standpoint as well so you have you're not new to coaching you have you've had some coaching experience in the past you've had some success as a coach um, and I'm certain that in in the time between jobs and, and between taking this role you've certainly probably had conversations about other positions what is it about this job that really made you say, this is the one for me to step back into this into this type of role? Yeah, I think the number one thing is, uh, and it's a good question, Chris, because you you take time uh, to really evaluate um, where, we're, where you're at as a person and what are you doing to grow the game, just as you say. Um, that's something that I've always uh, took pride in, and, and I love the game from all levels. It doesn't matter. I can go out and play and coach kids that are 5, 6, and 7. I can coach kids that are 18, 19, 20. I can do a U20 national team. I can do a pro team as well. So I love the game at all levels. And I think what it came down to um, is you take time to kind of look at and say, what, what can I do to contribute back to the game again? Um, and where am I at with my family? Uh, my daughter, the youngest daughter, just went to Elon University as a freshman there player. Uh, my other daughter's at Clemson. Uh, and so you start ticking off the boxes, you know, about being around family, being with a club that has the same vision and the same genuine kind of authentic leadership approach about what they want to do in Greenville. And so uh, various conversations with Chris, um, you know, met with uh, with Joe Irwin, great guy, uh, great visionary, um, a guy that sacrifices a lot for the community as well, uh, has empathy in terms of his character, uh, and then meeting Doug as well, his son. And so putting all that together, we had a great dinner uh, with with Shannon Wilbanks as well. My wife was here, and uh, it's just the conversations start to unfold, and then you start getting on the same page about what you want to do and how special it can be to build something really, you know, something that not just the fans and the core fans, uh, Chris, that can identify with, but those fans that are on the outside looking in that say, you know what, I kind of like soccer and I watched the World Cup this summer and now I'm like getting this little fever going on. Mm-hmm. Well, we want to give them something to attach to and connect to, but also to be entertained. And so that's my job. I have to bring that here. So you're not 
you're not new to Greenville in a sense. Like you have you have some history here. Like mm-hmm. you said, your daughter plays at Clemson. Right. Talk about a little bit about your connection to to this city, this area, and like how maybe that even contributed in, in making this a, a decision that you felt like this is the right one. Yeah, it's a fair question because I mean you, you start to become familiar, you know, with the area when you come here. You have a let, let's drive across from Clemson. Let's see what Greenville is like with a couple of parents, you know, that are on the team and. You know, you have a lunch here, and you're like, oh, what a cool little town, you know, nice little city. And then you go away, and then you come back, like, months later, you know, uh, whether that was in the end of August, and then the next time you came back was in the end of October. You're like, oh, wow, what a great city, and the weather conditions and everything, and the people are friendly. And uh, so you you just start getting more acclimated to it. And, um, yeah, it was just funny because Chris and I spoke in April. Chris, is that right? Uh, on the sidelines in, in one of the spring games. And he was like, you've been to Greenville, right, a couple of times? I'm like, yeah, I've been there, you know, a couple of times here and there. And so you start thinking, could this be reality? Is this something that makes sense? You know, and, and of course, you, you weigh up all the other options, you know, going to coach maybe for a U.S. men's youth national team or, or taking another job in the USL or doing an assistant coaching job in the MLS or something to get back into the game. And... To be honest with you, everything across the board just kind of kept circling back to here. And, um, again, it starts with the people, you know, what they want to do. So what has this week been like for you post-announcement? You get this this big thing that you've been holding in for a while gets announced. It's it's finally out there on Monday. And then, and then I'm the sure – the hardest part. Yeah, and I'm sure it's been a million miles an hour. So talk to me a little bit about you, you've had a chance to interact with some of the fans. You've had a chance to see some of the youth club teams – I'm sure you've had chances to, to meet with potential sponsors and, and try to look at infrastructure for the team going forward. What has this week been like for you as it, you've gotten acclimated? It, it's been really rewarding, actually, because um, anything that I uh, take on, uh, any challenge or endeavor and, and position, I hold myself really responsible and accountable. So I think the number one thing is, can I get emerged into the community? And number one, you know, Chris and I talking about that, he's like, what do you want to do? Do you want to, let's have you stay down here if you can. I said, yeah, let me, let me stay for a week and let's go through everything and meet people and, and see what the teams are like out there. And, you know, I've, I've met Chris's kids and, you know, it'd be good to go out there and see them playing soccer and, and what clubs that they are with and mix in with the community a little bit. So it's been great. Uh, I've enjoyed it. And I think that's uh, part of it. You can't just have lip service. You know, you really got to get out there. And uh, so that's, that's the fun part of this, you know, growing this from, from scratch is uh, meeting the right people and connecting the game in, in so many ways. Sure. And not only this team coming from scratch, but really a league that's brand new. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'd be interested to hear from you because I know certainly the league has a certain vision. I think the teams within the league have a vision of what they want to accomplish within the league. What would you say is your your outlook for what you think this USL Division Three league looks like? What is it? Is it? Is it? Primarily youth development is it an alternative for maybe D two level players who who don't get enough playing time and want to want to continue to grow and, and to develop on the field rather than just in a team environment. What do you look? Yeah, what do you see be, it, it could be little sprinkles of both uh, of that, but I also think it's going to be a competitive league. Um, there are a lot of clubs now around the country and a lot of ownership groups that that want to come in and maybe fiscally responsible in the first year of getting, you know, a little bit of taste of what, what the soccer landscape is like for some of the ownership groups. This is a great way for them to dive in. Um, I do anticipate a lot of quality players coming to this league. And I think that this league, not just from uh, from the USL standpoint, and having various conversations with Jake Edwards, the president, um, Stephen Short, amongst many others, um, 
this is something that they want to continue to grow on and adapt. And this, you know, you never know, Chris. This might lead to uh, maybe the conversation that's been, you know, you, you hear certain narratives, you know, throughout the years in, in the U.S., across the, um, the country, about the promotion relegation situation. And maybe this is something that USL takes a look at three, four years from now, and they say, could we have that internally? You know, could that be something that, wow, this is the first league in the U.S. that actually tried to do this and make it really exciting. So now you got everything to play for. You know what I mean? Sure. Every game counts, and that, that makes it a competitive league. So those discussions, I'm sure, have been had in, in the uh, office. Um, but from a, a player's standpoint, I'm looking at players that are some players that maybe in underserved um, you know, communities don't have uh, the educational background and don't see themselves going to college, and, and they want to be a pro first. Uh, I also see guys coming out of college that want to get their first taste of what a professional level may be. Um, you also see players that are existing in the USL, as you said. Uh, maybe they want more playing time. They want a different challenge. They want a different environment. Um, and then there's players that are overseas that have already, you know, I got a list of them already contacting me, and they want to be part of something special in the U.S. and they see the growth here. Mm. So I think from those perspectives, man, you got a lot of different, you know, <laughs> avenues that you yeah. can kind of go down to, to collectively put a group together. So when you're when you're putting a roster together, do you have in your mind? this is a certain style of play I like, this is what I'm going to coach, and I'm going to build around that? Or are you saying, I want to get the best players, and then we'll figure it out from there? No, I want to I get the players, uh, number one is character um, and attitude, because those things you can control, okay? Um, that's the number one thing. Uh, certainly, very, very close to being number one, 1B, would be the soccer intelligence. I, I have players that cognitive think and figure out the games and find solutions so I don't have to bark at them all day long. Um, and that's the way I coach. I, I coach to encouragement. I, I want to inspire players to believe in themselves um, and, and maybe push them a little bit to a point where I raise their expectations of who they are and what they're capable of. So those type of players I want to bring in here, those guys that are open to learning and the ones that I understand, you know, when you start with a new club, there is accountability off the field. And that means that you have great character, you're in the community, you're selfless, you know, in that, that type of approach. And, um, and that's what we want to grow here organically from the ground up. So style of play, I'll answer. Um, for me, it's more about I've always wanted our teams to be on the front foot, the ones that uh, can possess the ball, uh, can dictate play. Um, the creative attacking style of football is great, but the responsibility to transition and defend well and have that accountability. So everybody needs to bought in, be, be bought in. Um, and you can't have one or two players that are like, oh, I can't press the ball here. I don't like to do that style in a 4-3-3. And, okay, well, that's not the type of player I'm looking for. So, I would have expected nothing less coming from a midfielder. That's that's. Uh, I mean, that's exactly what what you would think. Yeah, you got to get after it. Yeah. Um, there's no time, you know, for taking plays off. Um, you know, for me, it's uh, there's going to be special players on the field that maybe, of course, everybody has different strengths, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, maybe a number ten role, he's going to create and attack a little bit more. Maybe off the ball, I need to work with him about how can you. It's not about I want him to chase the ball with, a, with his head cut off. It's more about can you just get yourself in a good spot to help create you know, a little bit of a defensive shape where you're blocking passing lanes. It makes it better for your teammates around you. 
So I was able to ask some of the, the fans of the show and the, the patrons that we have uh, mm-hmm. just if they had any questions for you specifically. Um, and a lot of them wanted to know, had, had some questions about your playing career. One, one person asked, is there a particular league or a game to you that stands out in your head as the most fun, most memorable, something that you just you remember from your <clears throat> playing career? Oh, man. Uh, I've been fortunate to have quite a few. Um, I think the league itself, being in the English League as an American player, was, was pretty special. Um, being the first to play in the Premier League when it started in 92 was, was, was uh, wow, one of the, the highest achievements um, for me. Uh, but the first League, uh, league Cup winners uh, championship, uh, it was seven months as a pro. Um, we beat Manchester United at Wembley Stadium. And all the videotapes and the stories that I've read about for years and years as a young player, and all the players that I supported in the game, you know, were, were on the opposite team playing against me. You know, Mark Hughes, you know, um, you know, the Steve Bruce, who was the captain who cracked my nose with his elbow and I felt good about it. Um, you know, those type of players, you know, you want to compete against. And uh, I was able to do that seven months into my career and walk the steps of Wembley and receive the winner's medal. So that was pretty special. I think the other part of it is growing here in Major League Soccer in 96, you know, taking a chance and a leap of faith, um, but always having a chip on my shoulder as a young kid in New Jersey that wanted to grow the game in this country and wanted to be on the map here. Um, I've continuously tried to do that and, and you know, plow my way through at times and, uh, you know, pushing the game and selling the game everywhere I can. Try to convince people that are in a gas station, like, hey, how come you don't like soccer? And I'd have a conversation with them. So that's that's what I love doing, and so um, I think probably those two leagues and, and winning the title in '96 as a captain was pretty special in the first year for Major League Soccer. So I know it was certainly a, a different time when you played. People didn't have iPhones or I, even iPods or CD players. <laughs> but did you have any kind of hype music that you listened to before a match to get you really yes. get you really ready to go? I am very much into music. I I like all genres of music. It depends on what mood I'm in. I can go from classical to Led Zeppelin, from U2 to, you know, uh, eh, you know, uh, like old school rap. I can go back to that, like in the 80s and 90s. Um, you know, it's funny because my kids now, uh, I'll be like, well, even at our our afternoon even, slash evening kind of mix and, and meet and greet, you know, 21 Pilots was on in the background. And I'm a big 21 Pilots fan. And uh, because of my kids, my youngest daughter was playing in her room. And I walked in. I'm like, oh, man, great percussion. Who's this? And she was like, 21 Pilots, Dad. And then she was like, oh, Dad, don't try to own this now. This is mine. And so Lily was like, gosh. And then I got the album first. And then I'm singing all the songs before she was. And then my oldest daughter, Lauren, was like, God, we're going to 21 Pilots. I'm like, I know. I bought you the tickets. So, you know, it was great. I, I love sharing music with my family. And... Um, so I like all genres of music, but hype music, gosh, you know, what really gets me going? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a combination of growing up with my brother three years older than I that was old school rock, classic rock, you know, the, the, you know, the Led Zeppelin, Stones, who, you know, Pink Floyd, Aerosmith, that type of stuff. But then also the U2, the Coldplay, you know, all of that kind of mix in there, all the way down to, jeez, even... Uh, solo artists that are out there just playing acoustic you know i can go to live music anywhere and just sit there and i love it 
Uh, so I'm going to do just a couple real quick rapid-fire questions. Just want you to all right. answer off the top of your head. Uh, your favorite soccer player of all time? Woo! Pele. The best kit in soccer? Liverpool's kit. Uh, favorite club team? Liverpool. And I know because you're a Yankee, so I have to ask this question. Sweet tea, yay or nay? Yay. Okay. All the way awesome. across the board, yay. So Homemade sweet tea. Yeah. Oh, well, of, of course. course. Is there any other? Uh, Bojangles does a pretty good job. Really? Oh, yeah. Really? Write that down. Give you a run Write for your down. money. Uh, and if they want to sponsor the podcast, DMs are open. Just saying. <laughs> um, last question for you. Yeah. Uh not a terribly serious question, although in my heart I wish it was – maybe it could be serious. Uh, we all heard the heartbreaking news. Clint Dempsey retired from yeah. professional soccer. You know, He played his college soccer right up the road here. What are the chances we can get Clint Dempsey on the staff of Greenville Triumph? I would say it's 50-50. Either he comes or he doesn't. <laughs> How does that sound? Yeah, I would love to have Clint, you know, come back here. Obviously, his history with Furman University. Uh, what a great story for him as well. His career, um, you know, going from Furman uh, and then jumping to new heights based on his desire, what he wanted in the game. You know, playing at the Revolution, seeing him grow as a player and then go overseas uh, was tremendous. And what a creative, you know, hardworking player that just loved the game and brought a different tenacity, kind of a a nasty kind of fearless energy to the game for the U.S. soccer, which they needed at that time. So, you know, congratulations to him. Clint, if you're listening, for sure. Um, you know, Greenville Triumph is here for you if you need a home. And uh, we're always open to discussion. Well, and the, the colors, he's already he's already got a closet full I know. of colors. That's so true. That's true. Saying. Even though we're a little bit of a shade, according to Doug, yeah. going off just, the green. But that's little, okay. But that's okay. Um, so I know you've been tweeting a little more this week. And so is that is that the best way folks can stay connected with you as they continue to, to be interested in what you're doing with the team? Or is there other avenues folks can stay connected? Well, I think, you know, once we, you know, the dust settles a little bit and um, we start establishing a lot more uh, with communication with the club and everything moving forward, I think there will be different landscapes there where they'll be able to kind of contact the club directly mm-hmm. and find out more exciting news that we're going to be breaking probably over the next four to six weeks. And um, uh, that's probably the best way. Yeah, I mean, you know, my kids laugh at me on Twitter and stuff and uh, social media. They want me to get an Instagram account, which I kind of have. That's not – I don't really know how to use it, but I will. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but connecting that way. Anyway, I I love the fact that you brought up um, nowadays the game connects everybody globally. Social media now has given us such a different platform in sports um, that can be rewarding or it can put you in trouble. So I think, you know, making sure that you send the right message out there um, is really important. And we welcome all the conversations that, that, that we can through contacts and media. Because my dad was listening to my games on the shortwave radio when I was playing in England in 90 to 96. And that's how he found out how I scored, you know, the goal of the year for against Darby. And so nowadays you see everything. You, you see the game in different ways and you connect the sport in different ways. So, hey, reach out to us. We're here for you. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining the show once again. Thanks for giving me your time this morning. My pleasure. Thank you. Once again, a big thank you to John Harks for giving up uh, some of his valuable time while he is in town and, and trying to accomplish a lot of stuff to get the ball rolling on getting this club put together. 
uh, could not be more grateful to to both John and the folks over at the Greenville Triumph for setting that up and allowing me to go down and meet with him face to face so you didn't have to listen to him talk through a cell phone recording. So uh, we are excited about that. We're excited about next Friday night, September 7th. Do not forget, if you have not had a chance to listen to episode 30 and hear from Sophia and Brock about the event that we are doing in partnership with the Greenville Triumph and the Electric City chapter of the American Outlaws at the Mellow Mushroom in Anderson, South Carolina, 7 p.m. on Friday, September 7th. We're going to be watching USA versus Brazil. The Triumph is going to be there selling merchandise, selling season tickets. They're going to have some door prizes. We're going to be doing a 50-50 raffle to raise money for Equal Juego, an amazing organization that you can hear about in the last podcast episode. Hey, go check it out. You have got to be at this event. It's going to be a ton of fun. Get to meet some new folks. It's going to be a great chance. And if you're from Greenville, I know that's a little bit of a drive, but trust me, it is going to be worth it. The environment down at the Mellow Mushroom in Anderson is is tremendous, and uh, it's going to be a good time. So make sure you come on out to that, and we will be back to chat with you short, soon um, about as, as more news and announcements comes out. And we want to update you on the collegiate soccer happening in the upstate, both at Clemson and at Furman. So we'll be doing a podcast to up you on how update you on how all of those teams are doing in the coming weeks. Make sure you stay tuned over at SoccerAndSweetTea.com as well as we're going to be having a, a couple articles both about the event coming up and going to be talking a little bit more about our chat with John Harks over there. So make sure you stay tuned to that. So, hey, thanks for being a listener, and thanks for all you do to support Yeah That Soccer Show. We will see you next time.